for your word. I thank you for your love. Uh, God, we thank you for what you, you're already doing here this morning. Uh, thank you again for our special guests. And, and thank you for allowing each and every one of us to be here. To, to partake in worshiping you. And to partake in, in the word of God. Um, something about your word transforms us. Something about your word brings life to us. So even now, as we prepare to hear your word, we declare that our hearts are open, our ears are, are attentive, our, our spirits have a sense of expectation for what you want to do, God. We don't want to hear from a person, God, and I pray that, that, that you would stand in this my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue Say to us in this house today those things that you would have us know. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise God. So one of the hardest things in the world for me to do is to fast, which is the topic of today's, uh, today's message. Uh, everyone say fast. Food has historically been so near and dear to me. <laughs> Uh, growing up, my family celebrated with food at birthdays and weddings. We even mourned during funerals. We would have big gatherings with food. Anytime that we had a chance to do anything together, it always involved food. And even today, my family, if you ask any of my family members, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want to do for your birthday? Let's go out to eat, okay? And we will choose a favorite restaurant. So um, I learned to see food as fun and as comforting as, as the stuff of life. And I mention all this to say that what we're going to talk about today does not say that all the things I just described are wrong, by the way. I think it's great. And if, if you're like me, uh, I'm going to continue to celebrate with food. But that there is a practice that has been used since the beginning of the church that kind of supercharges your spiritual life has the power to break chains in your life and transform the people and community around you. Amen? And, that, and I want to talk to you today about the power that comes through fasting. Uh, everyone say, the power of fasting. That's what I want to talk to you about today for the next few moments. Just like anything else in life, however, it is possible to engage in this practice, but kind of nullify or not see the full benefits of it, if you do it for the wrong reason. And, and Jesus, in this Sermon on the Mount that we've been looking at for the last few weeks, just cares not so much. He cares about what you do. Excuse me. What you do matters. But he really cares about the reason why you do what you do. Right? If, if there's, you know, there's, there's a difference between doing something for benefit to me or doing something for benefit to others, uh, uh, those of us who were at the leadership summit, I think it was last year or two years ago, we heard a, a gentleman named John Maxwell who, who speaks about uh, some practices that he has on a, on a weekly basis and a daily basis. And I was just listening to that this week, and I thought, man, this is really cool because it speaks about the reason and the motives for why we do things. He says, every day I want to add value to people. And here's the five things that he talks about how he adds value to people. Number one, every day I value people. <laughs> right? I mean, if you think about it, how do I add value to someone? Well, the first thing is I have to actually value the people that I see. If I'm out in the streets, if I'm talking to people, we were just out this past week, and there's all kinds of people that we see on the streets. But if in our hearts we value their humanity, we value the image of God in them, that's going to affect how we treat them. Say amen. 
So the first thing he says is, every day I value people. The second thing he says, every day I think about ways to add value to people. I think about it. I don't just, okay, well, maybe I can know. How can I add value? And I've been trying to practice this, and I'm like, okay, how can I do this? And, I'm, and it's, it always starts at home, doesn't it? How can I add value to my spouse? How can I add value to my children? How can I add value? So think about ways. So the first one is, every day I value people. The second one is, every day I think about ways to add value to people. The, the third one is, every day I look for ways to add value to people. I look for ways. I, I'm, I'm, I, I see what's going on, and I look for ways that I can add value. You know what? If I can uh, do this and help this person out, maybe I look for ways to add value to people. The fourth one is, every day I do things, say do things, to add value to people. I mean, it's nice to think about it, and it's nice to look for ways, but at some point you got to do it, say do it. Do things that add value to people. He says, and he says, every day. And I, I, my question is, every time I hear him talk about this, I say, every day, John? And he always says, every day, every day. I look, I, I do things to, to, to add value to people. And then finally, the fifth one is, I encourage others to add value to people. <laughs> I encourage others. So I, I mentioned that very quickly because it speaks about motivation. Say motivation. You know, our heart uh, is full of all kinds of different things that are pulling and tugging toward us, and we want to have the right motives. And when it comes to this issue of fasting, motivation is key. Why do we fast? Is, it, is, is there a way that we can fast and add value to people? This is a radical and countercultural idea, this idea of fasting. I'm speaking from personal experience. Again, the hardest thing for me to do on a consistent basis is to fast. Why is it so difficult for me? I'm just going to speak about my own. I don't know what it's like for you, but why is it so hard? What is it about fasting that causes such strong reactions? And here's a few thoughts. Uh, one is, we love to eat. Can I get an amen? amen? We are used to, I am used to, feeding the hunger all the time with food. Our culture idolizes food. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry and I watch a commercial, I don't care what com food commercial it is, whatever is on the TV, it looks amazing. <laughs> And I'm like, I must have that, right? It's an amazing thing. Um, you know, there was one time, like, man, these people really know what they're doing. Just the perfect way to put that burger in front of us. If you didn't have breakfast, I'm sorry. And uh, you're probably hungry this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll try to stop, right? But, but, but here's the And I'm going to talk about something very, very, uh, a little bit serious for a second. You know, in, in our culture, uh, and especially with young people, and especially with men, but it's all over, there is an epidemic, and it's, it's called the pornography epidemic. Just to let you know, be at peace. I'm not going to talk about pornography right now, so just be at peace, but just bear with me for a second. Pornography entices people through the eyes by what you see and causes some things inside that, according to the Word of God, there are, there's a time and a place for everything. Amen? And what pornography does is it, it, it causes some things inside of men or women that are out of place. Say, out of place. For that time, it causes desires for people that are outside of our boundaries. And so, when I when I I, I think I know I'm talking about food, but there are times when when I I'm either hungry or or that's all I'm thinking about that I see uh, uh, commercials for food and it's like ah right. And no matter what I'm doing, like I might be doing something productive. If I see that, oh, I must have that. I must go and I must go by the golden arches. Bless God. Thank God there's one on Clinton and Upper Falls. <laughs> right? Because there's, there, it's almost like when, some commercials, the way that they're done, it's almost like 
if you will, again, forgive me the word, it's almost like pornography of food. And there's an idolization that we have towards food. And there are times, and I don't, again, I'm talking about me, where I wake up, what am I going to have for breakfast? And right after breakfast, I wonder what I could have for lunch. And after lunch, I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. And after dinner, I know I need prayer, okay? You guys can pray for me. After dinner, during the ball game, praise God. Honey's a little snack, a little something that we can have right while we're watching the game. Because there's, food is so dominant in our culture. Are you with me? Say yes. Right? And there's something about it. And so fasting is so countercultural to what we know. I mean, even in the Garden of, uh, 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 in the, in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, um, I mean, yes, Satan deceived them, and, and there's a spiritual thing that we don't have time to get into. But there was, food was involved. Are you with me? And sometimes we trip ourselves up because food has become such a, well, we got to eat, we got to eat, and we got to eat, that, that at some point it becomes something that we keep reaching for and reaching for, and maybe it's outside of the boundaries of what God has for us. Here are some things I've learned about fasting. Sincere fasting is sacrifice. Sincere fasting forces us to face what's truly in us Sincere fasting rejects the notion that it's all about us. Fasting is saying no to physical food so that we can make room for the spiritual food from God. Sincere fasting is choosing to munch on something other than food, the very presence of God. So a couple of things here. Jesus starts off by saying, when you fast, do not look somber, and this is in your notes here, as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. I don't know exactly how they did that. <laughs> you know, how do you disfigure your face? Or maybe you just put on some, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you do that these days. I remember my daddy uh, uh, early on when he started getting grays, and I'm getting grays here in my beard. He's, he tried to fix that so he could look a little bit younger. Don't tell him I'm telling you the story. But, uh, and so he did that. But what, whatever he put on caused an allergic reaction, and his face literally became deformed. And you're saying, well, it, it was probably a little bit. No, no. When I looked at him, I said, wow, whoa, what is going on? He's like, it's an allergic reaction. It's fine. I don't know what they did back then. They put on something. I don't know how. But Jesus says, don't look somber as hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. And, and you kind of get at the idea. They, they try to show it off. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So what's fasting? Fasting is abstaining, is the first fill-in. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is abstaining from food. Uh, and Elena, if you can get this, this is the first fill-in. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Jesus begins with when you fast. Say, when you fast. This suggests that Jesus expects this to be a regular practice, and that's the next villain, a regular practice in the life of his followers. Jesus expects this to be a regular practice. It says, when you fast, please say it one more time, when you fast. Now, already in this message, we've talked about when you give. We talked about two weeks ago. Then last week, when you pray. And now we're talking about when you fast. Now, just something interesting about those three things, when you give, when you pray, and now when you fast. First of all, the implication is that it's going to happen. When you do it, not if you do it. By the way, this is not my words. This is the words of Jesus. Say, Jesus, 
right before he starts talking about when you give, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the end of chapter 5 in Matthew. And then right, a, right at the beginning of chapter 6, then he goes into when you do this. So somehow, being like God, mirroring God, has to do with giving, with praying, and with withholding, with abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. There's something about that that connects us with God. Giving Praying or fasting, though, to be noticed. Two weeks ago, when you give, don't do it to be seen. Last week, when you pray, don't pray with big words so that people will be, at, be like, wow, look at this person. No, 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 no. Giving, praying, or fasting to be noticed, and here's the next villain, nullifies the rewards from God in your life. Nullifies. Because, And here's the deal. Uh, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Well, what was the reward? If I fast and I walk by Sister Megan like this, she says, Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing okay. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Everything is fine. No, really, what's going on? Well, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I'm fasting. You see that? So here's what Jesus says. You're not going to go to hell for that, okay? It's okay. But here's the thing. That her knowing that you fasted, that's the end of your reward. That's it. You just squandered something that Jesus says could be so much more if you just look right, do the same thing you would always do. Hey, how you doing? She has no idea. When you fast, don't look somber as the what do? That's the hypocrites. Now, there's that word again, and I've talked about hypocrites for the last two weeks, so I'm not going to talk about it now. A hypocrite is a person who talks a good game but doesn't walk it. That's it. And people talk about the church as that, but listen, real, as human beings, we're, I am, let me just talk about me. I am hypocritical about a lot of things until I completely surrender to God and say, God, make me on the inside what you're calling me to be on the outside so that my outside game matches what I'm walking internally. Amen? I don't know about you, but it is easier for me to be nice and to be a good person in front of others than when there's no one watching me. There's a reward from God when we don't do it to be seen. That doesn't mean that if somebody finds out you're fasting, you have no reward. That is not what this means. That what this means is if you're doing it to be noticed, it nullifies. If you're giving so that people will see it, if you're praying so that people will think you're spiritual, the reward is nullified. It just you're, you're, you're killing the reward. There's something else. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, we talked about giving. When you give in secret, God rewards you. When you pray in secret, God rewards you. When you fast in secret, there's something that moves the heart of God when you fast. Fasting, here's the next fill-in, is primarily done for an audience of one. Fasting is primarily done for an audience of one, and that is the audience of our Father. Fasting 
is denying yourself so that you can see the hand of God in your life. Fasting is denying yourself so that you can see the hand of God in your life. There's a very powerful um, uh, scripture, and I don't, I don't think we, we I, don't, I know for a fact we don't have it on the screen, but just bear with me. Jesus says this. Jesus says this. He says, uh, if you want to be my follower, I want you to do three things. I want you to deny yourself. Say, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross and follow me. So deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And then he talks about other things. And I've always thought, okay, what are some of these ways that we're supposed to do this denying yourself thing? And I was reading um, a psalm that just jumped out at me like crazy. And it was, it was uh, Psalm 35, verse 13. Uh, this is from David. And I'm actually reading from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Psalm 35, verse 13. Here's what it says. Yet when they were ill, this is King David, the guy that killed Goliath, I grieved for them. And he, listen to this. This is the part I want you to see. I denied myself by fasting for them. I denied myself by fasting for them. When I fasted, I was denying myself. I wanted to deny myself, so I fasted. So fasting is a way, not the only way, but a way that you and I can deny ourselves. But here's the reason why it's so important is because, again, food is so near and dear to us that when we, when we fast, when we deny ourselves, and, and what does this look like? Well, there's all kinds of different fasts. Some people fast one meal. I remember when I was a kid, my daddy taught us to fast, and he would say, okay, kids, we're going to fast and pray, and we would read, a, read the Bible and spend some time with God, and we would not have breakfast. And for, how many know that for a little kid, no breakfast is a big deal? But it taught me to deny, you know, I'm denying myself, but not just so that I'll go hungry, but I'm, we're actually seeking God. And I always remember that I, was, I always admired my dad because even though we would finish at a certain time, you know, after the morning time was done, we would be finished with our fast, and then my mama would have a feast for us. But my dad would always continue the fast. And I always remembered that. I said, wow, that is continuing to do this. And I was just a little kid, but there's something about it. Man, he's, I know he's hungry too, but he's continuing. And I could see that there's sacrifice there. It talked about the seriousness of it. He was abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. He was doing what King David said, I denied myself by fasting for them. Fasting is denying ourselves so that you can see the hand of God in your life. It's denying yourself so that you can see the hand of God in your life. And here's, here's a question. Is there anything that you need God to move in your life? Are you looking for a miracle from God? I'm not talking about, God, I need $5 today. No. God, I need your help, otherwise I'm going to lose the house. Or, God, I need a miracle in my marriage. Or, my children are astray. Or, God, there's drug addiction going on. It's killing my family member. God, I need a miracle. Are you with me? I'm not talking about regular stuff, but when you need the move of God is to abstain from food and say, I'm not going to eat a meal or two, maybe even an entire day. Some people do multiple days. That's between you and God, amen? 
That's your business. We don't tell people what to do. No, no, no. That's between you and God. But if God puts it in your heart to do it, you say, you know what? I'm going to go countercultural. I'm going to deny myself by fasting because I need to see my nephew rescued. I need to see my cousin healed of cancer. I can't do that in my own strength, but I'm, I'm crying out to God. Fasting is abstaining from food so that God can do what only he can do. Amen? My son is one year as a one-year-old boy. And this one-year-old boy sometimes will not want to go to sleep when he's supposed to. And his mama and I sometimes are trying to get him to sleep and we can't do it. We're trying to get him to sleep and we can't do it. Do you know what we do sometimes? And I know this is terrible parenting. Please don't take parenting advice from me yet, okay? But we put him in the car seat. And we take the car seat to the car, we turn on the car, and we start driving around. Because for some reason, this boy, you know what I'm talking about, say yes. This boy, when the car is moving and there's rambling, and he just falls asleep. So I want you to notice, we can't get him to fall asleep, but we can put him in the car and drive him somewhere. Are you with me? So we do what we can do, which is we just drive somewhere so that something else will happen that we can't, we can't make happen. He'll fall asleep. Fasting is the same way. You and I can't make the healing happen. You and I can't figure out all the, all the stuff that's going on. We can't change this community in our own strength. But when we fast, it's like saying, okay, God, we're going to go for a ride with you because that's what we know to do. We're going to cry out to you. And as we're driving, God, would you pour down your hand of blessing on this city, on my family member, on this need that I have so that you can do what you can do. I don't know how you do that, but I'm going to fast. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to drive this car until you do what only you can do. Amen? Next steps. And I'll finish with this. Try it in secret. Try it in secret. And it means fasting. Try it in secret. Number two is I would encourage you to focus. Think about why am I going to fast? Why? I want you to notice there are people that are not followers of Jesus that fast. I just want you to know that. There are some physiological benefits to fasting, even if you're not fasting for, for, for godly purposes. But I want you to see what Jesus says. Say, Jesus. He has some suggestions for you. You and I can choose to follow those or not. But here's his suggestion. When you fast, you've, we've already said this, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to, to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you so i want you to know that when jesus is talking about fasting he's talking about fasting for an audience of one and that is the living god the creator of heaven and earth not some other god not some other deity not just so that i will lose some weight no he's talking about fasting for god for the father say the father it's very important so focus why am i fasting I need to see a move of God in my life. When am I going to fast? You know, on this day, and what am I going to fast for? Here are the things that I, I, God, I, I want you to move, do something in our lives. There's a group of guys and I that, that, that are, are trying to practice this, and there's a, a young girl who 
is in pain every day, has trouble waking up, and we just banded together with one of our brothers who's the dad and said, we're going to pray and we're going to fast until we see this girl healed in the power of Jesus' name. Because I can't heal her. We can't heal her. But we can cry out and fast, drive the car so that God can do what only he can do. Amen? And finally, share how God moves. I'm going to encourage you to share how God moves. If you start fasting, you start praying, share how God moves. A few weeks ago, Sister Maria Esther stood up here and talked about her I'll make a very long story short, and I'm going to butcher this testimony. But she just talked about how her neighbor was driving her crazy. And she said she started fasting and praying, and in a few short weeks and days, God did a miraculous work. Neighbor shows up. They end up hugging and saying, God bless you to each other. Fasting and praying works. Amen? So I want you to share how God moves. You can share it with people that you know. I put my email address there. I want you to you know, share with me if, if, you, if you'd be so inclined. Let, let me know, Pastor, this is what God's doing, or this is what God's teaching me through this fast. God is calling us to a different level, to a different place. If you need chains to be broken off your life, you need people healed, you need your marriage restored, you need kids uh, to come back that have been astray, there's something about fasting for the Father and saying, God, I'm, you're my audience, not so that I will be seen, you're my audience, God. Do what only you can do. Whether that's, some people fast, they say, you know what, this meal, once a week, I'm going to fast for this meal. Some people say, you know what, a couple of meals. Some people say, I'm going to take some time away from certain things. You know, I found that if I'm fasting from food and trying to cry out to God, but I'm on Facebook the whole time, <clears throat> amen, there's an issue there. So sometimes me fasting from food also says, uh, here's my deal. I love sports talk radio. So, okay, I'm fat. My natural tendency, I don't know why, but my hand as I'm driving, it just naturally goes to sports talk. And when I'm fasting, I always hear the Spirit of God saying, just, just chill out, just for today, just for the next few hours. Why don't you just be quiet and just listen to me? Why don't you cry out to God? Why don't you take time to stop and allow, abstain from food, abstain from other things, and allow God to do what only he can do in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in and through us. I thank you for the gifts that you give us um, in giving, in praying, and in fasting. I pray that something that was said today would make a difference in one of our lives and that it will bring transformation by your Holy Spirit. And God, more importantly, we commit as a church, God, to pray and to fast for our community for this city, for those young women out there, God, and those young men that need you, for the children, God, that are in pain. We don't know how to fix it, God, but we know to cry out to you and to deny ourselves even for a little while and to say, God, would you do something grand in this community? Would you have mercy the people and the homeless and the drug addicted and the drug dealers and the families and the corner stores. God, have mercy. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.